Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another outstanding edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I'm Ron Kolick, your host, and with me all the way from the West Coast is the West Coast girl, Marvelous. <laughs> And from the land of the red dragon versus the silver dragon, the white dragon, the purple dragon, uh, is the gold standard and ghost hunting Steve Parsons. Yo. So I, I was just thinking, we should try this thing. It says if, if you hit a note with the strongest resonant frequency, uh, which, which is called fundamental frequency, you can... Uh, Break glass. What? I like that. So if we all hit the right note, we can break glass everywhere in the world that's listening to the show and listens to it again on podcast. Think about it. You you've just demonstrated your basic lack of understanding of the laws of physics. <laughs> no, no, not not at all. Not at all. Yes, you have. I'm, it's funny because I am quoting from a uh, physics book. I don't yeah. care. You've yeah. got to hit the resonant frequency. I of, just said that of a particular piece, of, a, a particular piece of glass. Each piece of glass will have its yes, own yes, resonant yes. frequency. I'm not going to say every freaking frequency because you I did. Wanna, you I said did we're going to break all the glass in the world, blah blah, which all have different frequencies of resonation. Right. So our voices is three voices, and I certainly can have a range. Don't want me to use it now. Well, uh, your certainly it is like grating get fingers down a black that's right anyway don't you have to have the glass like in front of you should no. you be holding the not you don't no no, no. actually I've seen it done I've, I've actually seen um, the human voice can't do it I've seen a sing, opera singer do it uh, live but what you have to do you have to first of all strike the glass which sets up a vibration um, otherwise, there isn't enough energy in the voice alone to resonate the glass. So that you have to once again, Mr. You have to give that, it a bit of a start. That, no, no, that's what you saw, and that's what you did. But there is a frequency that will break the glass without touching it. Uh, Just because you saw it on some stupid opera singer doesn't mean it's the only thing that can do. Well, in what's myth, what's you're, it? You're, you, you are so narrow-minded, Mr. Parson. Oh. Yeah. Plus, yeah, plus a degree in physics. Oh, like I don't? Oh, excuse me. Uh, sorry, yours isn't in physics. Yours is in, what is it? Which environmental was physics, environmental science, which absolutely... Yeah, that's not physics. I studied physics. Yeah, and by the way, I get a 4.0 in physics. What's that? A waistband measurement? Yeah. <laughs> the size of your, your yapper. Anyways, we have a guest today, and we're going to talk about usual things. I know whatever I bring up here, just go into some... Well, don't go into... Don't, don't, strain, sa- don't strain the sound, then. I can strain whatever I want. It's my show. You're right. doing your show. You do what you want. Uh, I thought I was the co-host. Co-host. Knows that? Not host. Co-host. Co means equal. 
No, 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 no. That may yes, be a, technically, a, technically, ah, ah. you are both each other's co-host. No, 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 no. I never put it that. I always call myself the host of Ghost Chronicles, and I always have co-hosts. One who are. But I call you my co-host. I don't care what you call me. You can call me whatever you want. Half the shit that comes out of your mouth is bull crap, anyway. <laughs> We're a little feisty today, are we? He's obviously feeling better. Yes. (laughs) That's a good sign. All right, so what's the show about, anyways? We just need to put on our armor. Yeah. I didn't pick on you yet, Marla. Chain mail. But but I know you will, you see. I will. Yeah, otherwise uh, you wouldn't care about me. So Last time I spoke to you, the three of us and Ann Carrigan had done this three-day special on uh, Valentine Ghost, and did you ever put that up together in a, in a one thing? I put it up the third one um, because why what? didn't I do the first and second? There was really a good reason why I couldn't do the first and second. Yeah, really. I'm sure there is. No, I swear there was because I did that on the other. rubbish? No, no, no. That wasn't <laughs> a good reason. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I'll think about it. I will remember. That was a while back. But I did it on the first show, so why wouldn't I have done it on exactly. the second Exactly. Why would you? I've been sitting because there was some breath waiting for it. There was some... Snafu there somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But the third one is still up and people can listen to it. It's still there. Yeah, that's yours. Well, yours are on your page. Yes, but I well, count on you to do the, the heavy lifting. Well, I was going to, and I I don't know why. Mm. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I wish I could remember. All right, who can I pick on next? <laughs> uh, flip a coin. Yeah, okay. We've got two listeners. <laughs> well, they're, oh boy, they better watch out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we what's their names? What's their names? <laughs> we started yeah. with four. <laughs> what's their names? I'll take care of them. Ron's got powers. He can do that. I have powers, right? Because I'm the host. That's how I have powers. Yeah, you're still my co host, though. Yeah, whatever. In your dreams. Maybe. So, moving, moving right along, we really do have a show. Um, and I will never, ever bring up frequency. That's seven, minutes, that's seven minutes in my life I'll never get back again. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> right. It was so much quieter here two minutes ago. Anyway, uh, seven minutes ago, actually. So, anyways, uh, for those who don't know, Marla Brooks, of course, is uh, my favorite West Coast witch. And she's written a whole ton of books on uh, everything from uh, spells. And she has her own tarot decks. And she has... Uh, ghosty books, yeah. yeah. And um, oh, by speaking about ghosty books, I got this silly thing here. Do you want it? You got it's, what? I got this silly little looks like a bumper sticker. It says Hollywood is dead and has a picture of Marilyn Lowe with, with blood coming out of her mouth. Do you want it? Scott Michaels would love it. Okay, I'll send it to you. Okay, I'll send so it to you. Mes- mes- message me your uh, address. Will do. All right, thank you. So I got rid of that piece of crap. Now, move yeah, around. Well, this, wait, there's always room for somebody's crap. Yeah, I hate yeah. throwing things up anyway. Out anyways. I hate to throw things up, too, but that's another story. Uh, anyways, ghosts. And, and I've I, I intrigued uh, a ghost the same all over the world. Why wouldn't they be? I don't know. I'm you mean, sure. are they thought of as the same thing? No, no, are they the same thing? I mean, do well, they they do the same stuff everywhere? I mean, yeah. you know, we're only human. Yeah. yeah. 
well, broadly speaking, they do, but there are there are actually significant differences, particularly um, in culture, the, uh, the Eastern culture. Um, right, I don't want to talk about beliefs. I want to talk about the actual. No, no, no. I'm talking about what yeah. they do. It is it is okay. subtly That's different. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. Okay. Good. It is Good subtly person. different in yep. that uh, in the Eastern culture. Although, yeah, I've got I, I've got to sort of in the Eastern culture, ghosts are more malevolent. They are more. Um, they're less benign, but in in the Western culture, of course, they they were more helpful. They were seen as relatively benign, passive things that floated and drifted about and didn't really do much harm. However, um, in recent years, there's been a shift in the Western approach to or belief in ghosts, which is poss- possibly driven by the media. Um, in that we've now shifted towards a more evil, malevolent type of ghost, more like. Um, those in Japan, China, uh, and the and the Far East, which is quite interesting. But I think that's I think that comes about in a desire more for scare, more for you know raising the fear factor in the media, and of course people follow suit. Um, but there was and always has been a clear, distinct difference between the East and West view of ghosts. The, East, the Eastern view is more like the that of the ancient Romans. Um, right. Who viewed who viewed ghosts as something to be placated and something that needed to be dealt with? Well, because... that's that's cultural. I'm talking about the ghosts themselves. I don't want to get into well, cultural well, stuff. Well, the the culture actually. No, no. I want to know how the ghosts behave. I want the psychology well, of ghosts. Do they well, behave the same as a thing? I don't want the not... perception of them. I want yeah. actual reports. But I'm trying to, but you keep interrupting because no, what I was about to say is some, that some the cult, the, the, the belief actually ordains what the ghost does the the ghost tends to conform to the to the culture so it's not the ghost driving the culture it's the culture driving the ghost well that's your your belief in it so marla let me ask you this uh Mm. what's for instance west west coast ghosts uh do we see them you know in uh you know uh god I can't even remember what they wear now. Boarding pants? No, they don't wear uh, those surfing pants anymore, do they? What the hell do they? <laughs> no, God, sixties probably. Yeah, I know but, that was, yeah. that was that, yeah. That's the last time I was out there, so that's that's what I think. <laughs> my yeah, my concept is: do you are they do they act like Californians, uh, or do they act the same as uh, East Coast ghosts? Uh, well, that, that's what I'm curious. Well. Um, West Coast people don't behave like East Coast people, so therefore they're ghosts. No, no, no! Don't don't, don't tell me that therefore. Actually, is there examples of this? I mean, when we see a ghost, what does it look like? Is it is it dressed up in in well, I don't know whatever they wear out in West Wait, Coast. You, huh? you think ours are kind of laid back, smoking a joint or yeah, something? Yeah, that's what now? I'm kind of thinking. Yeah, do you find those? Are there reports of ghosts that are like chilled out down there? I don't know of any but i'm assuming that there probably is and now that we got the marijuana law passed there's probably a whole lot more i don't know okay i don't know but but people you know again it it, like steve said it's kind of culturally it's the way you act in life is the way you're going to act over there yeah but and some of that is the way we're perceived now for instance in, in in england steve uh are there any modern ghosts that are that are reported, and and, and how are they, uh, how are they reported, dressed, and and acting? 
Well, the, the very, they're actually very sparse and quite rare modern ghosts. We seem to have... Um, there are one or two, I've got to say, but for the vast majority of our ghosts over here in the UK, we tend to be a bit landlocked um, with the Vic- uh, you know, sort of in the medieval era, um, with the occasional Victorian or Edwardian gentleman. There are reports of more contemporary ghosts, particularly for those dating from World War Two. So we have mm-hmm. quite a lot of soldiers and airmen. We have a few from the 60s and 50s. Uh, these all tend to be notable figures, um, mm-hmm. famous movie or television stars. There are very, very few more recent than that. Where they exist, they tend to wear contemporary garb. But that, if you were looking for a simple apparition, for example, would mean it would be incredibly difficult to notice anything untoward. Because if you walk down a high street, um, I, you might walk past ten ghosts, and unless they did something unusual like walk through a wall or disappear, you wouldn't necessarily notice anything unusual about them. However... Fair it would be more unusual to notice somebody wearing out-of-date clothing. Although even that's, you know, depends where you go, really. See, see the, the, I guess the point of this, what I was trying to say is, if, you know, if, if you are who you are and, and you're, you're laid back in California and that's the way you show yourself, how come we don't have reports of, like, California ghosts here on the East Coast? I mean... Uh, or, or do you get like you know people in American gab in in England? Uh, uh, oh, actually, yes. Oh, that's good. That's what I'm trying to find out now because that would that would bring the next concept. I go more landlocked than than not. Okay, then go ahead, Steve. Well, in terms of you mentioned, do we get uh, ghosts in American garb? There are quite a number of uh, World War II U.S. Army Air Force airfields which have ghosts of U.S. servicemen associated or attached to them and they're reported wearing the u.s army air force uh, yeah but see that's that's not what i really wanted because that's that they, they kind of died there right or be well they associated there right they're associated there but they yeah. actually died over europe you know right the, the, right the, the that's their home or, yeah okay yeah or or they did or you know in in rare instances mm-hmm. um one or two of the ground crew were were killed in accidents on the ground and their spirits are said to haunt the place um, but they didn't haunt the base but and they i don't know if their spirit or has also been reported in the united states oh, so for example did did a ghost you know did a, a member of the u.s forces who was killed in europe not only haunt the bomber base which he took off from but does he also haunt his hometown say of iowa Right. So would would the ghost, uh, you know, because if he's haunting the airfield in East Anglia, England, then he's, the ghost is showing a clear preference for that place or an attachment for that place over, say, the cornfields of Iowa or right. wherever. But would that mean that they couldn't? Come if I don't. Well, we don't know, to. do we? Yeah. We don't no, know. I mean, this is, yeah. It throws up an interesting quag. Point mm. as to does the does the spectre have any say on where it haunts? Or yeah, does it that's, that's kind of I guess what I get, was getting. Does at. it just have to haunt where it's put? Oh, no, I think they've got free will. I think they can go anywhere they want. Frankly, yeah, but we don't see that though. Why? I mean, well, if, if you were a ghost smiler, would you just like stay out in California, or wouldn't you? No, like, come hell no. Come and visit me, and yes, I, I would be all over the yeah, place. Exactly, well, Molly. So, you know, you say that ghosts haunt. They get the choice. 
I think. Yeah. Well, if we if we assume for a minute, and it is an assumption, uh, we assume for a minute that they are humans oh. go- gone through a veil. Not uh, bad. Why? Why? Why would they hang around? Why would they hang around graveyards? Why would they hang around places where they were murdered? Why would they hang around places that were filled with bad memories for them? Why wouldn't they just go visit the family or go to favorite spots? Or you know, I I remember that lovely you know sort of view that we saw from on top of you know that that hilltop. I'm going to spend my you know time up there. It's it's a a nice day. Yeah, I always loved that babe. I'm going to stalk her for the rest of my. Yeah, I mean, you know, being stuck in some graveyard floating around. Well, okay, so here's, sorry, but here's, before I forget, here's what I've heard about that. That's what people have come on my show and said, that spirits haunt certain places like graveyards in particular because they're afraid to cross over. They don't want to go over there because they figure that they've done something wrong and they're going to, you know, burn in hell or whatever. So they stay earthbound because they're afraid to take the next step can i interject something here yeah of course it's your yes. show i just want to let you well thank you uh i just want to let i just want to let you know that the uh the the pope has declared that there is no hell so we're all off the hook well, witches have said that for years but yeah. you know, it, that's beyond the yeah. yeah if you don't repent uh you just get absorbed by the universe yeah so there you go can that well, be I, back can that be backdated to all those that died before he made the proclamation I probably until uh, till Chaucer, Chaucer came up with the story. Then I, I guess there was no hell prior to that. Anyways, well, I mean, not the conceptual of the layers of hell and all that burning and crap and stuff and everything. So whatever. I thought that was Dante. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. My bad. Some uh, English, some English dude. I have I have a thought provoking question that you probably will both say it's rubbish, but it's a question. I would never say that about anything you say, Marla. No, you wouldn't use be as polite and say rubbish. Steve would say rubbish. You you would say something else. Only if he's talking to me. To you, he would be talking. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. We're talking about spirits that go back hundreds, medieval spirits, hundreds yep. and thousands of years. And there was a TV show several years ago that uh, talked about the possibility that we here in the living could also, if we saw a ghost... That could have been our spirit. Does that make sense? That that we are our own ancestor, and maybe um, you know you're, you're in a certain location, you feel a kinship to, and boo, there's a ghost over there. It could be you. It does explain some things, but back then. So yeah. I mean, what what are your thoughts, both of you? Rubbish, but that's besides the point. <laughs> I, it does explain some things, though. Uh, seriously, Steve, what do you think? Um, to be honest, I'm a little confused by the concept. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, is it referring to genetic memory? Uh, the, this idea that we inherit mem- not not just no, no, we're, we're not just inheriting so. blue eyes, but we inherit the memories of our forebears. No, I think it's it's about like the spirit being in two places at once uh, or something. Maybe. Oh yeah. You by, know, your your ghost, and then but see that doesn't make sense to me because I kind of think we're the same spirit if we are reincarnated we're the same spirit so I don't see how that's possible but people swear that you can look over there you can be walking through a castle and see you know could suppose it's you know a castle that's been in your family for a million generations and and the the resident ghost you happen to see and then think oh that was me 
or, or that, you know. that actually happened on an episode of Most Haunted, you know. Um, with, Did it? Yeah. yeah. So uh, does Derek Akpora have any? It was. It wasn't. Derek was on the show bizarrely, um, but <laughs> the 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 person well, happened. Yeah, we do. Uh, the person it happened to was Fred Batt, who is now the demonologist on the show when he was just simply Fred Batt, who owned a nightclub that was haunted and lived in a house that was haunted. Right, right. And whilst Derek was visiting, um, he he deduced that the, the spirit that haunted the place was that of the Lord of the Manor, mm-hmm. a knight of the, from the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. And then the startling re- re- uh, revelation that uh, the spirit the night that was haunting the building was in fact Fred uh-huh. in an earlier incarnation. So it would suggest that certain mediums either believe in the extremely bizarre or believe in the idea um, that you can be your own spirit. I mean, we have the doppelganger. Yes. yes. And we have by location. We do have by location, most mm-hmm. notably, of course, Padre Pio, who is an absolute nightmare for keeping in one place. I know. It must be, you know, good thing he wasn't married, huh? Yeah, he really. Like, he was like a jack in the box. <laughs> Popping up less. Is it, isn't Padre Pio like that, too? That's what I just said. Peter Pop off him, excuse me. No, but we do have a, another English uh, saint, saint who, uh, Saint Teresa Higginson, who. Mm was also famous for her bilocation but right. in uh, with with Teresa I think like Pio she left an article behind she left a, I think I believe it was a prayer book oh, behind cool. because um, she had said uh, I mess with somebody huh? during one of the bilocations which was from the United Kingdom to Africa Ooh, uh, here we go she claimed to have visited a mission a mission station in Africa and uh, left behind her prayer book. So her priest, the priest of her parish up in Liverpool, wrote to the mission station, and indeed, in a drawer, in a desk, was her prayer book. And then again, we could we could count that off to teleporting, where we actually use our uh, selves. So is, no, I'm just is. talking about other, yeah, other explanations. There is I'm not saying that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, no, there is a yeah. port and teleports. And yeah. we, have, of course, have the, the, there is a famous story of the English school teacher who was um, so uh, notorious for for bilocating um, that she got sacked from almost every job she went into. Uh, she Sorry, she, she could have two at the same time. With well, indeed, indeed, that did happen um, on a number of occasions. She was stood at the front of the classroom teaching uh, the children whilst they were staring out the window, looking at her walking in the grounds of the school. Yeah. And that was what caused her to get uh, fired from her job. Even Stalin was was uh, seen in bilocation. No, that's that, scary. It's in my book. Goes goes today. Look it up. I have that book. Yes. Look Strangely it up. enough, I do. Yes. Yes. I I have two copies. There's one here and there's one there. Oh. <laughs> the book bilocated. Mm, I like that. It's a doppelganger. It's a doppelganger. It is. Yeah, it's, a, it's actually a doppelganger of. Which is going to bring me up to my next topic, by the way. Uh, a, a doppelganger of paracoustics. Uh, it really is paracoustic, but it, it makes its appearance as ghost today. So that brings up another story about do ghosts appear the way they want to appear? That's why we see them. For instance, we can see uh, 
and, and Steve will attest to this, that the uh, Mary Queen of Scots is seen like in a billion places, and there are other American ghosts that are seen the same way. And mm -hmm. is it that spirit uh, makes himself appear what we want him to appear? In other words, we're looking for a, a ghost of Mary uh, Queen of Scots, and we, we, whatever spirit it is, it doesn't have to be Mary Queen of Scots, becomes Mary Queen of Scots in appearance. Well, they would want to be, from what I gather, they would want to be recognizable. I mean, suppose you know Mary, Queen of Scots, in all these pictures you see, but you didn't maybe see her, um, well, she didn't actually live to be 90 years old. She but didn't. I don't think so. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and, and so, but I think if they want to be recognized, they would have to appear as somebody would recognize them. I mean, sure. that just makes sense. No? I mean, I okay, well, if I have to reappear to somebody, I'm going to not reappear to being old and decrepit. I'm going to reappear to, you know, when I was okay, you being know? sexy and... Or whatever. Sultry. Yeah, or at least, you know, decent to look at and not scare people. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, what do you think, Steve? Will we lose you? Um, Hi. Oh, no, I'm still there. Okay. No, 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 no. You haven't lost me. But that—that that does. I mean, this idea of what while, while Marla was explaining that, another thought was going through my mind, which is, uh, if the ghost is recreating its Earth-like image so that it can be recognised, why the hell, when you go to a state to a, a psychic medium, for example, or a gallery reading, do, are the spirits so bloody vague with this? Uh, they only give the, the first initial of their name and then start waffling on about, they're showing you a vase of, a vase of flowers. They're showing do you want to know why? Image. They're Cold showing reading. you a photograph. Yeah. No, no. Do you not want to know why? Because, you know, as ghosts, they want to be identified. Yet that's the spirits, right. That, they're just completely the evasive. Right. So, say, <laughs> all right, let's just say... Let's, for, for the sake of argument, and, and I know we're coming up to the break, for the sake of argument, uh, a, a ghost is more uh, earthbound, where a spirit uh, is in a better place, let's put it that way. And therefore, it's not like they are going to leave the better place. They just kind of like try to get their message across. So that's what happens. And then well, we. That we would work. This, and we're only we are only medium, so we are only human, and we perhaps can't have the you know the focus that we need to get the full message. So it comes well, that, to pieces. Well, that idea might hold water, but for the fact that we've got a number of places here in the UK, and indeed I know several in America where the ghost is also the spirit. So not That's only is a ghost good. appearing as a recognizable form, but it's also communicating in a really vague and bizarre way. I was going to bring in it up. It'll, like every ghost it, Yeah, it'll appear in full garb as an apparition, and then it suddenly becomes evasive and starts only giving gives you one letter, one word, one letter, yeah, <laughs> one letter at a time. Yeah. So, anyways, this is the tune. So we actually have to take a break, and when we come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about ghosts because I find it's fascinating and great theories coming up uh, from you guys. I, I appreciate that. So, anyways, you'll listen to Ghost Chronicles International with uh, Marla Brooks and Steve Parson, and of course me and we'll be right back after the following messages right here on Tojanet and the Parax Radio Network. Welcome to Tokinet Radio with a cutting edge. 
feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. of ghost chronicles international with me the gold standard in ghost hunting and my co-host <laughs> new england's very own van helsing and our very special guest the west coast witch marla brooks mm. he, didn't, he didn't interrupt no i'm worried now he always interrupts yes he does he's i hear shuffling in the background maybe he's changing his will <laughs> You're out of it, Steve. I'll be quiet. Anyways, uh, welcome back to Ghost Chronicles. <laughs> I've done that bit. I know. Anyways, welcome back to Ghost Chronicles. We were talking ghosts and some of the theories behind them. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, and you talked about ghosts being in cemeteries, and there's a, a big uh, movement now in cemeteries to uh, kind of up their image. They're running uh, motion pictures in cemeteries. Mm-hmm. They're doing mm-hmm. cemetery yoga and so forth. So uh, what's your thought on that, uh, Rava? Hollywood Forever Cemetery, where my family is buried, um, they do. They have movie night out on the grounds. They celebrate Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead. They have all kinds of events mm-hmm. um, over there. And at first, it was kind of creepy, it, to me, you know, go watch a movie out there sitting on people's graves and stuff. But um, it seems to be really very cool because they, they've done other things, like they've set up kiosks that people can put their life stories in. And you can walk up. Not yet. Um, they can walk up and look at people's stories and, you know, they can put videos and all this stuff. It, it's high tech. 
Um, but it's still a, a very old cemetery, and it's still got very old, creepy things in it. Um, you know, lots of celebrities, but but aside from that, there are some very old and sad graves of little babies who died in the 1800s, and you know that kind of thing. And the mausoleums are completely freaky deaky. Some of them, um, the the Catholic mausoleum in particular, has scary vibes. You walk in through the door, and there are the 12 apostles. Cool. How many? 10? 7? I don't know. 12, 12 was good. Okay, okay. So there's six on each side, and they're each about 8 feet tall. Beautiful wow. statues. They are beautiful, but they are creepy. And the stained glass and everything. And, and then, then you go to the non-denominational mausoleum. And that's just kind of doesn't have that same feeling as the Catholic one does. And then you go to the Jewish one, where Bugsy Siegel is, Mm -hmm. for one. Um, And that has a little bit more reverence to it in a way, too. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, Hollywood forever is very high-tech now and, and does do movies and does have events and things. And I think in a way, it's not that people think they're um, dissing the dead anymore. I think it's like they're embracing yeah. you know, the living and the dead at the same time. Steve, what do you think? I'm all in favour of it. It's it's the wheel gone full circle here in the uh, over here in the UK from med from you know the earliest days, the medieval period. We had um, the village. The village would use the communal graveyard, the cemetery, as a communal space, and they would hold fates and fairs mm. and events and uh, public uh, sort of partying in the graveyard and fully in, in, you know, sort of encompass their, their ancestors. We have a long history over here on in Europe of ancestor worship and ancestor reverence. Um, and so th- this idea of using the graveyard as a community space was very much invoked during the Middle Ages. But then it, it sort of fell out of favor when we when we went through the Industrial Revolution and we got these big, sort of gigantic necropolis uh, style industrial cemeteries almost. Um, but now a lot of uh, small villages and and towns are starting to reclaim the cemeteries and graveyards and incorporate them back into usable public spaces Hmm. and it's also helping because it's also stemming the tide of vandalism because whereas back in the 60s and 70s the cemetery was the place to be avoided and was the domain of teenage gangs and drug takers and you know all sorts of other nefarious activities now it's be that they're becoming adopted they're becoming part of the community once again so i think it's a fantastic thing i have a question for you about can we finish this this topic because well it's part of the topic but yeah go ahead all right go ahead no 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 go for it go ahead no, it, it, it was just that, that when Gavin Cromwell, our friend, um, came over from England, he met me at Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And he was bug-eyed at the fact that we had these humongous mausoleums mm-hmm. that, that went for rows and rows and upstairs and downstairs. I mean, he was, he was um, really freaked out by it in a way. He, he couldn't get his head around it and said that in the UK they don't have these big huge mausoleums that you know it's just apartment buildings for 
Pretty much, so. yeah. But he, he, it blew his mind, actually. He was like, hmm. no, we don't have this there. So, so do they now, Steve? No, I mean, we don't rack them and stack them, right, in, in that sort of... Um, rack them and stack them. Yeah. In, that, in that fashion. <laughs> but, but there are some vast um, monuments of the dead. You know, mm-hmm. there, there are ancestors, you know, particularly amongst the rich or the industrial families. Well, you know, family will, ones, yes. They, they will have vast family sort of yeah. tombs and mausoleums. Right. But we don't have communal mausoleums or... Okay. I, and, I, I don't know why we don't. I mean, we are we are space short of space, particularly here in the UK. It's very much. Oh, it could just be like the French dig them up and bury them in the ground. Well, you know, I mean, in our, our newspapers quite recently were full of stories of um, what to do with the dead, because we're reaching a crisis now. We're reaching the point where the graveyards and the churchyards are becoming uh, saturated. We can't just keep piling them in there. Um, and so, you know, there are there are people, you know, there are uh, moves now to try and regulate um, the disposal of bodies after death. And, and there are, you know, there there they're not there are options. For instance, you can be made into a diamond ring now, and uh, mm-hmm. you'd be shot into space, can't you? Yeah, and shot in yeah. space, right? And, yeah. and you get you get creamy. Your rashes can be spread somewhere. Who the hell knows where? Uh, but anyways, uh, in, in the United States, of course, the rise of the garden cemeteries, uh, which is around the Industrial Revolution, is uh, that became a communal thing. I mean, people would picnic at the garden cemeteries, which was these vast monuments that uh, they had, all different ones, and uh, it became a focal point. But to me, running movies and that stuff in the cemeteries is great. What the heck? Keep the spirits amused in the cemetery, and they won't go around haunting people's houses. That's what I say. Ah, but do you think maybe it's disrespectful in a sense that you're sitting oh. there watching some movie and you're you're up against a, a headstone, um, tombstone, just kind of using it as a backboard to be comfortable? Oh, somebody like pinches, easy pinches my butt. I'm going to get the heck out of there fast. Otherwise, you're good. Okay. <laughs> but isn't that better than using the same tombstone or headstone as a support for your arm while you're shooting drugs? Or... Absolutely. You know, it's true. I, so true, Steve. You know, you, you, these these are these are people. You know, these are we bury people and then we erect a headstone so that we commemorate and remember the person. Mm-hmm. If we just put a wall around the the space and then disbar people from going in there, then we're not doing honour to their memory, are they? Are we? Right. Yeah, yeah. We we use these spaces as a, re, a place for remembrance, and this idea of incorporating the living into those spaces. The, you know, the Japanese, the Mexicans have these Day of the Dead, where these mm-hmm. ancestor days, where they right. go to the cemetery, and the, and going there because we want to watch movies. Well, they watched movies. Sure. Know, why, why can't we? You know, share right. the movie with with grandma, even though grandma's six feet beneath us. Right, yeah. friggin' strippers. We don't care. <laughs> I'm sure Grandpa would love that, and I, I can't. I can't imagine any. You know, we go with we treat with extra special reverence um, war grave sites um, mm-hmm. and military cemeteries because of the tragic circumstances in which these these young lives were left. However, I'll wager that every single soldier or airman buried or or na- uh, uh, naval rating buried in these cemeteries. Would every bit as good like to watch a stripper as the mm-hmm. These were but, young lads. You know, a, a, a sad uh, political uh, comment on this is is the way that this country is going. I don't know how it is in the UK. Uh, 
is that we're getting rid of our monuments. So, I mean, you know, all of a sudden, if, uh, for instance, Robert E. Lee is offensive, and so they're going to rip down his monuments. So how do you know in the future they won't go tombstone by tombstone and say, oh, this guy is was uh, something or other, and he'll take his tombstone out of there? You know, that's happening here, too. We've got um, mm. a, there's a movement to pull down um, some of the markers to the sla- uh, to industrialists um, from the slave mm. from the slave era um, mm. up in Liverpool, which was a slave trading port. And I think a nation that, that any nation that starts to erase its history uh, simply because it's not it won't learn. It's, 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 it's unsavory. They, exactly. You're right, they won't learn. The, history is something that we have to learn from, and you can't just because you know it offends your dignity to think that you know your ancestors traded slaves or did this or performed in that or, or were at such an event. Mm-hmm. That's complete nonsense. They were there. Get over it, deal with it, move forward, learn the lessons from the past, and take exactly. those lessons. That's how you learn. Mm-hmm. It's from don't, the past. Don't hide, you know, don't bury the past and claim it never happened or try to change the past or erase the past. And, and, and the key, too, is is that those were different times and different people yeah. and different cultures. Yeah. It's it's not the same. I mean, we, we look at, and Mala, you will agree, I mean, you, you grew up in the same era as I mean, you look how women have changed through the years. I mean, if you look at their early uh, TV shows and, and, and their roles in these TV shows versus the roles they have in now, I mean, uh, that's what it is. But we, we look at back at those, and, and that was the way mindset was at the time. Is, is it, it's certainly not up to us then. It's right. But that's the was then. You can't erase that. That's the way people thought then. So trying to erase it, you won't learn from it, and you can laugh at it, actually. Yeah, I think we need to know. But people are so close-minded, and they wear blinders, and they only think about themselves or what's good for them or, you know, very highly opinionated and don't have open minds. Yeah, it's also Um, very, very fashionable to join in this mock outrage, you know, the the fact that this took place not in my name. Well, of course it wasn't in your name. You weren't there for two, you know, you didn't exist for 200, it was 200 years ago. And this idea of we, we judging the past by the standards of the present. Well, as, 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 Ron, as Ron so rightly said, the, My God, I agree with me. Back then, mm. there was a different set of standards. All nations, it wasn't yeah. just the British, it wasn't just the Americans, it wasn't just the Portuguese or the French who traded slaves. Everybody traded slaves. And what, what Africans traded Africans. Well, what I was going to say is what a lot of what a lot of black Americans forget is it was their African ancestors. The, the British were the traders. The their answer the the, the, the chiefs. Yeah were the enslavers, they sold the their population to us. We tr- we, we mo- simply w- traded them and moved them across the Atlantic. Um, we ourselves here in Britain were subject to the slave, uh, to slavery for over 500 years from the Barbary pirates. You know, each nation, and, and before that the Romans, of course, each nation, each victorious, victorious nation uh, puts... The, the loser into in, into slavery. The, the Nazis did it in World War Two. They enslaved the Jewish the Chinese. People. I mean, the Japanese did it. They, the Japanese. Know. It, it's what it's it's an unfortunate, nasty side of uh, uh, side of humanity yeah. that we do this to one another. And but then to try and blame one another and then claim that you know your generation owes mo- owes me money. 
is a complete mm-hmm. nonsense. It's a yeah. complete nonsense. Yeah. And, and Malice said it, you know, basically, we're trying to erase the past, and, and that's... Yeah, it's that's, a dangerous thing to do. To it's a dangerous thing, because there will be no past. It'll be that's just that. now. Yeah. And we'll have no history. We'll never learn from our mistakes. Well, that's the same thing that we have in, in paganism. You know, so neo-pagans don't even know the history of our ancestors and what they went through and different things. You know, it, it's right now. It's, it's only now. It didn't matter back then. And that's why I think old world practices are coming back so strongly as well. But a lot of neo-pagans don't know, don't care. What does that tell you? Mm-hmm. And a lot of neo ghost hunters don't care or don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, and you, you, yeah, I mean, you've seen that it, it's going like now. There is a modern generation of ghost hunters who have dis- who have discovered this phenomenon called the orb, oh. and and they're they're twisting themselves into a frenzy debating whether this phenomenon is real or not. And all you, know, and you think this this debate was played out fifteen twenty years ago. Yeah. And yet this new generation who can't be bothered to do anything other than click Google, well, use Not Facebook. Not even. Yeah, it's yeah. Facebook now. It's Facebook. Wikipedia. Yeah, well, no, they don't even use Wikipedia. It's too many, too many letters in the word. Um, Google is a nice, simple thing for them to type, isn't it? Or yeah. Facebook. I'll just see how many likes I've got today, because that's far more important than anything else I've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah we, uh, this, this generation that lives in a world of desiring likes and followers i mean there's a whole new, i was watching a news broadcast the other day and there was a woman whose job job description is social influencer hmm? yeah she, I actually, which, which is the new term for vlogger right, social I, influencer I, I i belong on uh you know to lincoln a lichen or whatever the hell it is linkedin and, yeah yeah and always getting offers for uh, you know, social media consultants or a social, uh, would you just say, uh, Steve, that, that influencer? Title? Influencer, they have, yeah. I think. Give me, give me money and I will blog, vlog about you. No yeah. thanks, I'm a big boy mm-hmm. and I can do it myself. Yeah. That's... Well, you know, the studios are paying their yes, actors. To, to post on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all of that. They, they get extra pay in their contracts if they keep up a running conversation. Yeah. We're, we're in the wrong in, business, we, guys. We, we live in strange times where, I mean, the power of social media, I think, I, we can't ignore it. I mean, we use it to promote the show, for example. Exactly. Yeah. We're all using it tonight because you have to engage with it. But sure. it, it's a way that society, it's something new that society, it's a revolution. Um, you know, we've had the industrial era. We've had, you know, uh, other revolutions in mankind's history. We're facing a brand new revolution. We're going through a brand new revolution now that in 200, 300 years time, people are going to look back. They'll call it the social media revolution or something mm-hmm. um, where the fundamental way that we behave as a society has changed. The way we consume information, the way we share information and ideas has changed. Real information, um, the stuff of fact, the stuff of research uh, has been has given way to opinion on Facebook, opinion on Twitter, opinion on Instagram. What Mm -hmm. people's opinion, you know, what, what these people say is much more important than the reality of fact. True. So true. Yeah, it's it's 
it's babbage. I mean, it's, it's very weird. shallow. Very it's shallow. Quite weird. What's happening? Yeah. You know, the, this idea of um, that you can have an opinion and then tell two thousand people. So, you know, at the moment we've got the flat Earth, which is. <laughs> bizarrely going through uh, a renaissance alongside the Mandela effect. You know, the, this is the, the effect that where people can't quite remember what they were doing yesterday. Um, so, they, age. so they blame everybody else for, for changing history mm. rather than just their ailing memory. But these things are, great, are gaining traction because mm. the ideas can be shared so readily to others. There's a guy I was, I, I was talking about recently, He and I was showing my wife, and I was telling Ron about, um, there's a guy in Salem, Massachusetts, who is convinced that these giant aircraft can't fly across the Atlantic, they use compressed air for fuel, and they get into the sky using levitation devices. And he's got 63,000 followers. Uh-huh. Well, okay, there's a difference between followers and believers, perhaps. Yeah, a lot of those people, when you read the comments. <laughs> okay. They're on uh, this side. All right. This has nothing to do with the show. <laughs> but uh, I was on Facebook, because we were talking about Facebook. And this guy goes to a uh, tarot card reader, and the tarot card reader says, 70325. So the guy goes to the lottery and puts down a lot of money on 70325. And he's sitting there watching TV, and the uh, number comes up on the TV, and it says 48195. So he goes back to the tarot card reader and beats it with a bat. Uh, and then the last picture shows him in jail with the number on his chest, 70325. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was funny. It just caught my eye. So. <laughs> I apologize for that. Works for me. <laughs> but anyway, no I, need to well, apologize. And it works for the parakeet as well. Is, is that a parakeet? Huh? What is that? That is Ginny and Steve's dog. That's a dog? <clears throat> yeah, it's a dog. He, yeah. It's a sad dog. <laughs> he's locked out of the house at the moment, so he's, you know, he, he complains quite a bit. Oh my God! It sounds like a. Steve is right. It sounds like a parakeet I, or, or a parrot. I agree with you, Steve. That's so bizarre. That's a bizarre sounding dog. What's the name? Duke. Ah, okay. So. German Shepherd. <laughs> really? That's a German Shepherd. That's a German Shepherd. <laughs> I, I had I had uh, visions when Marla said it was a dog of being a little white fluffy pom pom. No, he's a big old Rin Tin Tin, but hey. it's more like Scooby Doo. Wait a minute, that could have been the Mandela effect, Steve. You and I both saw that white dog. Should have been. Ruby sure, Ruby. it was a white dog. <laughs> white dogs are good. Black dogs are not so great. Well, at least in the UK. Why? Why? Well, they're, they're, what do you call them, bar guests? I don't well, know. We, we, have, we do have some black dogs, that, uh, but they have, they have, they're particularly easy to spot because they're glowing red eyes. Yeah. But mm. In fact, just last week, Steve and I were talking about a particular black dog that belonged to uh, one of the members of the Dam Busters, right? That's perfectly true. The dog was a black Labrador called Nigger, and... <laughs> the reason we were talk the reason we were talking about the dog is he was killed immediately before uh, the dam busting of the, the famous dams raid took place in 1943, and his name became the operational code word for the successful strike on the Myrna Dam, the biggest of the three dams that the the uh, 
bomber force was set out to destroy. And in fact, in 2012, I think a remake of the 1950s movie, The Dam Busters, was scheduled to be remade. And there was endless debate um, about how they would deal with this issue of the operational code word being the dog's name and with it being a contentious word. Um, and they, the, the film producers had suggested other options and variations that digger. And there was an absolute outrage about rewriting history. That's what this, they're doing. Wasn't, this was an operational code word. It referred to a dog uh, that was a significant dog because it was owned by the squadron leader who who was in charge of the mission. And it was in honour of the dog um, that the operational code words for the successful dam streak uh, were, were changed uh, to, to the dogs to reflect the dog. Um, and uh, yeah, the debate raged on, and the debate still rages on um, as they as the film gets nearer and nearer and nearer to being made. Wow! Yeah, and history is people want to change history. It's as simple as that. It, it's it's. I mean, I understand the word. I understand the connotation of the word. Everybody right. does, and it's, and it's it has some you know terrible connotations. But we were also adding in the conversation that, you know, the younger generation have done something really remarkable and something I think is really, really cool. They've reclaimed that word. Um, they, they've they now turned it into a word of kinship and friendship. Uh, it doesn't, it wouldn't work if our generation used the word as uh-uh. in, the, in the context that they're using it. No. But the fact that, you know, my... What's I knew the guy? Yeah, well, you know, the fact that you know the the younger generation, the teens and the early the early twenties generation have now reclaimed the word mm-hmm. and effectively disarmed it. I think it's a remarkable turnaround and and something to be admired that you know they they take one of the most hateful words in society and turn it into something of of kinship and friendship. You sure, that's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and and you know of bonding between friends. I know it. Uh, I don't know what to say. That dog is just killing me. <laughs> and I'm putting you on the whole on mute half the time because it's really going there. Really? Oh, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Anyways, get, we're almost get him in. Get him in. Bring him in. I can't. I'm. I'm. That's their dog. It's their oh. house. I'm back well, you here. You have to live with it. Minding I, I, my own business. Yeah. You know have what? You got, if, have you got an AR-15? If, if, if I. Uh, yeah. If I was if I was a ghost, I think I'd come back with that voice. I, I really would. <laughs> You're gonna have to listen to this podcast over and over again just to get the right tone. Yeah, I, I, I bet you. If, I, if I think if I lived if I think if I lived in Marla's house, I'd certainly um, be wanting my Second Amendment and an AR-15. You know, I, I, I think I think that you know if, if people oh, two minute warning. Uh, Pizza the Dead's here. So I think that if people play back this show and and, and slow it down and play it backwards and uh, they might they just might hear some voices in that e in that dog back. I'm just saying, Steve. They'll hear the well, Beatles. Yeah, yeah, they'll hear the Beatles. Yeah, they will. Lindsay Buckingham is dead. Lindsay Buckingham is dead. <laughs> oh, that was Fleetwood Mac. Was, and and it might Fleetwood. bring orbs to mind, too, because as, as you hear that voice, imagine little orbs coming out of his mouth. Little puppies. Or his butt. Puppy spirits. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> we do have to. So uh, we, we, we now have less than two minutes. So 
uh, Mahler, if someone wanted to learn more about the fabulous Marla Brooks, how could they do that? So you can go to my website at marlabrooks.com. Very mm-hmm. simple. Mm-hmm. And, and, and at that website, soon we'll hear the, the three shows all together on the uh, Ghosts of uh, St. Valentine's Day. I'm Once sure. I figure out why I couldn't do it before, <laughs> then at least I'll be able to tell you why I didn't. Or Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, think, I think you had a Mandela effect there. It's uh, karma. Mendel. 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 You've got to see the new X-Files on that particular one, the Mandela effect. It's the, it. uh, the Mingle effect. It's a riot. Absolutely riot. So it's, it's, been a, it's been a stunning series. Absolutely stunning. I watched the finale the other day. Yeah. So anyways, uh, we want to uh, mention, too, that uh, this September, of course, uh, Steve will be back over here in the in the States. Yay. and And he'll be doing uh, Spirit Course, which is in search of this year, which is amazing. Uh, and so my plane ticket home again. <laughs> Maybe Spirit Quest should be in search of the West Coast, just once. And so it's the West Coast. I heard about the West Coast. Nothing out there. They got rid of boogie boards and and yeah, 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 yeah. I wouldn't. I'd be out of stick out of water there. Oh, this is too. Mar- gonna go. Marlow, I found the the grave of San Andreas. You found what? I found the grave of San Andreas this week. Did yeah. you? Yep. We'll have to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Thanks for listening, everyone. Tune in next week. Sure we'll have some more dribble. So, <laughs> till then, good night. God bless. Love, 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 love. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night, deliver us good law.